Sometimes when we see each other, our faith is so weak that we don't want to pray in prayer. Because as we've seen, this prayer is hard. And this prayer makes us look like Jesus. When you ask someone to pray for you, you're asking them. He says, I pray for my own children that they might truly know father who is in heaven. So, when I, on, my, on my senior trip um, in high school, my buddies and I thought it would be really fun to um, go to Colorado. And there was a, a personal family of mine, our personal a family friend of mine had a camp in Colorado. It was a family camp and he had all these different things that he needed 12 high school seniors to come and help them do that he couldn't do on his own. Um, we got there, I think we got there on a Monday, Tuesday, in 24 hours, it snowed six feet. 
I've never seen anything like it. It was like six feet. The drifts were so bad, we could walk from the ground onto a two-story building. So as you can imagine, we shoveled snow for five days, right? And it was both awful and awesome at the same time. This, the guy that ran the camp confessed to us every single day, if we were not there shoveling snow, we would have walked every morning. It was just so much. But as we were leaving, you know, we go to, we go to Colorado on this senior trip. We're driving my mom's minivan, front wheel drive. There's six feet of snow. So we're, we're, we're getting ready to leave, and the, the driveway, of course, is like three miles long and gravel, and it's like it snows six feet. And so we're, we're getting ready to leave, and our, my youth leader is, is driving up this hill, and I'm probably already sleeping in the back because we've been working so hard. But he, he told me the story afterwards that he, he was going up this hill, and he started to lose momentum and started to slide. But this um, this man, his name was Dean, who, who owned the camp. He saw he was following us out this bobcat, and as of this van started sliding backwards, he put the bucket of the bobcat right underneath the bumper and pushed the van all the way up. And no one in the van knew what was going on except my youth director, who was driving. This is what this prayer is like. We are asking God. To not lead us into temptation. We're asking him to be preventative without us even knowing of our own desires to sin or the temptations of sin to even come close to us. And he is showing us he's there pushing us along even though we might not see him. Because there's temptation and evil everywhere. And there's something that we must know about this Jesus assumed this to be true. He presupposes there will be temptation. There will be evil that we face. And will we turn to our Father who hears us and prays this prayer? There will be opposition. And Jesus loves us to, enough to tell us as we go on this journey, it's going to be really hard. But your father who hears you, even in secret, is listening to you. Our Westminster Confession of Faith, the Short Catechism, says on page 877, this sixth petition. And the sixth petition, which is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, we pray that God will either keep us from being tempted to sin or support and deliver us when we are tempted. What we're, we're here, when we're here together at church as a school body, it's, it's really easy to pray. Oh, don't lead me into temptation. You know, maybe one of the biggest temptations we have while we're at church is just to look at our phones and just completely forget where we are. I hope that's the But the question is, are we willing to pray this prayer from the virus? In the darkness of our room, when our faith is weak, and temptation is knocking at the door, and sin is knocking at the door, 
Are we going to be crazy? So that God might be moved out of our condition, or is that when we forget to declare? We're asking God Himself help us do something that we are unable to do. Because usually when sin and temptation knock on our door, that's when it's the hardest thing. But that's what we need to Because this prayer is not about our our ability to fight our sin. This prayer is pointing us to a God who is faithful and able to sustain us and who provides ways out. Who has provided a helper for us to help us in this exact situation when we are tempted with sin. As Jesus has just said in verse 8, Father knows what you need before you ask. Temptation and evil lead us away from God Himself. It leads us away to a life of goodness. It leads us away from the fruit of the Spirit, and it leads us into isolation. And leads us to the place where the evil one can say, "What does the Spirit know?" Unless you do this. You won't Unless you do this, no one's going to like you. Temptation and evil will never tell you the truth. And then if you notice maybe maybe you're deceived. But you believe that lie. When you go into the temptation, you go into the sin, what does the evil one say to you? Instead of giving you what you promised in church, he says, How do you believe that? Do you really think it's going to be a good idea? Because he's a liar. He's the evil. He treats us with something good, and when we get that good, he shames us for it. And this is exactly what he did to Adam. He took the words of God. Then there came the temptation. But did God really say? And if you remember, Eve actually responds correctly. She says, Yes, you may not eat of the tree of the fruit in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And then the evil one offers more. You will not surely die. For God knows when you eat it. Open and will be like God, knowing good and evil. Just as Jesus came out of the water after his baptism, just after God pronounced him, This is my, my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Directly he goes into the desert, and Satan tempts him and asks these words, or says these words. If you are the Son of God, verses earlier, God declares you the Son of God. And then Jesus comes in and says, If you are. Because what our sin and our temptations do is make us question who 
we are. The evil one, the temptation pervades the lies that we see. He makes us question. What John Calvin says is this. In this plea, we are asking that sin would be banished. And that the temptation may go, that we will not be overwhelmed by any temptation, but we may stand fast by the Lord's power against all possible power that attacks. Not all things that we are tempted with are bad. Being tempted itself is not a sin. It's when we follow that temptation and submit to it all. It's when we use the good things of the world. Money. Money. And God ordained. Sexual immorality comes in is when we sin and we twist it and we use it for our own gratification. When we are faced with that temptation, what we are asking God to do is bring back the offense, right? Remember the whole biblical law We're asking God, well, we really want to go outside that. It really, that busy street, it's not that bad. I, I can get across. I can play Frogger. I can get across. So we're, we're asked to pray. Jesus teaching his disciples to pray in this prayer. Lord, bring us back. Bring us back. Because we don't. He's a God that provides for our every need. He's a God that forgives us our debts. He's a God that promises to lead us out of temptation. And we're asking him to keep us from even the sins that we are yet to commit. Because I know I am too weak. God saves us. He will not leave us to be overcome by the evil one. The good news is that he has faced the evil one before us. He has faced the lies, he has faced the temptations, and he stood fast. When he was tempted to believe half truths, he relied upon God's word and the whole truth. When he was tempted to receive power, authority, fame, importance, popularity, he relied on God's word, knowing that it is on God's word in which he stood. When he was tempted, he turned to truth. Because Jesus was able to withstand the temptation and defile, he was able to destroy the evil one.
hope of receiving his sin, of being kept safe, of giving us the power to be able to see. How many of us wish, wishes we were alone? I wish I was in a group of people. How many wishes to hide being saved? In my heart, I But what this prayer is teaching us is that God is with God is with God is holding us Wherever I hope you have somebody that you can actually call when you are facing Jesus. I pray that you know that you can actually call me at any time if you're facing something. It can be it can be as vague as you want. Please pray for me. That will not be led. You have the elders and deacons right here to pray for you. You have your brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers and wife who are here to pray for you. We are a family. We each have our individual stories. We each struggle with our individual sin. But we also share the same story that we have a great Just as, our, just as I asked last week, are we willing to ask God to forgive us based on how we forgive others? Are we willing to pray, lead us not into temptation? Are we willing to not place ourselves just your sin? Get that right here. This far not. This far not. It might seem strange. Don't get strange. Turn to page 851 in your pen of the month. God's providence. 
8:51, chapter 5 of Proverbs, and I'm going to read paragraph 4. The most wise, righteous, and gracious God doth oftentimes lead before a season his own children to manifold temptations and the corruption of their own hearts to chastise them for their foolishness or to discover unto them the hidden strength of corruption and the deceitfulness of their hearts, that they may be humbled, and to raise them, and to raise them to a more close and constant dependence for their support upon him, and to make them more watchful against all future occasions of sin and of sundry, other just sorry, sundry, other just withholding sin. May we be a people of faith. One, sin is real. Temptation is real. Two, we are not perfect. We are going to sin. But do we believe in God that loves us so much that as a loving father might actually ask us to learn from Now I want you to turn in your confession to page 858. I think it's chapter 17 of the book of the world. I think that's 17. Chapter 17 of the Perseverance of the Saints, paragraph 3. Nevertheless, they may through the temptations of Satan and of the world, the, pre the prevalency of corruption remains in them and neglect the means of their preservation and fall into grievous sin. He's talking about the saints, I believe. And for a time continue therein, whereby they incur God's displeasure and grieve his Holy Spirit, come to a deprive of some measure of their grace and comfort, have their hearts hardened. And their consciences grieved, hurt and scandalize others, and bring temporal judgment upon themselves. You might ask why? Why read that, right? Seems pretty bleak. But look at the chapter then. The perseverance. Our sin is a reflection of our own heart. And God is always willing to apologize. Always able to receive us back to the prodigal son. Remember what the father said in the prodigal son? Remember what he told the little devil? To my son that was lost is now found. But he also said, My son who is dead. I don't want to minimize sin. I don't want to minimize your sin. I don't want to minimize my sin. It doesn't mean that we minimize the cross. But what we have to remember is sin is hard and sin is difficult. It's connected. But we can never forget Jesus is teaching you to be disciples. 
bring your sin, bring your guilt to the sin, bring your faith to the sin, bind it to the No matter how much you love me, you said you need to die. As I say, and as John says, every time the Lord suffers, he knew that in the game of God, that he might become his wife. When you're tempted with your sin, remember you're not alone. The Holy Spirit, the helper of Christ, is with you. And also remember, you need those.